0: Grab your neighbor's hands. Stand to your feet as you're worshiping. Grab your neighbor's hands. We're going to call on his name for our neighbor. Hallelujah. Don't stop calling on Jesus' name. Your neighbor may be going through. Your neighbor may be in need. Just intercede on behalf of the person whose hands you hold to your left or to your right. Just begin to call on Jesus for them. That he would show up and be whoever they need him to be. Right today, today, today. That he would show up and be a very present help in the time of trouble. So let's intercede on each other's behalf. Father, we bless you and we honor you in this place, oh God. Father, we thank you for your spirit, Holy Spirit that abides with on the inside of us, oh God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving even right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that the name of Jesus is still above every name. And God, we thank you that we lift up the name of Jesus. And God, we bless you for honoring God with your presence, oh God. And we thank you, Lord, for meeting the needs of our brother and sister right now. God, you know what they're going through. You know what situation they're in. Oh, God, I thank you that you're showing yourself to be mighty and strong in this situation. God, I thank you that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. And God, so we pray for our brother, our our sister in Jesus' name. God, be to them what they need you to be in Jesus' name. God, when they call upon you, oh God, that you're right there, oh God, that they can feel your presence, oh God, that they can trust your presence, oh God, in their lives. God, we thank you for breakthrough, oh God. We thank you for miracles. We thank you for the impossible, oh God. As all things possible with you, Father. So whatever their need is, O oh God, we ask you to be with them, O oh God. Comfort them, O oh God. Give them the presence, Lord, that they need. Give them your joy and your peace. God, and all that's like you, O oh God, would just overflow their hearts, O oh God, so day by day they can walk knowing that you're with them. And I bless you for that, O oh God. So we give you praise and honor in this house because you're a good God, you're a faithful God, and you're a true, O oh God. And so we count it done in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for the word that you're going to speak to us today, O oh God. Help us to have ears to hear and hearts to obey what you're saying and we trust you god we honor you oh god we believe in you alone father because you are worthy of our praise and our honor and we bless you with it in jesus name that we do pray amen and amen now celebrate god for your brother celebrate god for your sister that he's working and meeting their need hallelujah tell them thank you in advance hallelujah to jesus Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. It didn't have to be this way, but God in his faithfulness allowed us to be here, and we don't take that lightly. Last few days, it's been hot, H-O-T, capital H-O-T. So those of us who know the Lord ought to be real glad we know Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Sometimes these days, just remind you, it's good to be in the kingdom of God and to know him in the pardon of our sin. Amen. God is faithful. I'm excited about just what God is doing in the land. Don't plan to keep us long, but I just want to keep moving forward on what God has given us to share. We're coming from the series, More Faith, Less Fear. More Faith. Less fear. More faith. Less fear. Mark chapter 11. We'll begin at verse 12. And as you're turning there, just want to remind us again of our church picnic. It's coming up in two weeks. It's not just a picnic. It's a celebration of our fellowship that God has given us. So please do your best to be there. Be present. You don't have to be there all day, but but just some other day where we can honor and recognize each other and have fun together and laugh and as you fall and trip in the three-legged race and, and look funny eating watermelon, whatever it is. We just want to celebrate our fellowship that we have. And it's good to bring somebody else so that they can enjoy, see what good fellowship looks like. And that is good to be in the household of believers. So bring enough food for yourself and one other person that you need to share with. We don't know who that person might be, but God will bring people our way. But we want to just celebrate our fellowship. So please, if you can, let's come out and enjoy one another. Amen? Amen. Mark chapter 11, beginning at verse 12. It says, on the following day, I'm sorry, I got the wrong version. I want... Here we go. New King James. Here we go. Now the next day, when they had come out of, from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing him from afar, a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturn the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, it is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teaching. When evening had come, he went out to the city. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree that dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you have cursed has withered away. Amen to the reading of God's word. Yeah. You may be seated. More faith, less fear. Just starting by definition, so we're understanding what faith is. For those who may not have been in the last couple of weeks, I just want to go over a couple of basic things. Redefining faith, biblical faith, as assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, Or truth of someone or something assured reliance on the character ability strength or truth of someone or something we want to remind ourselves that faith is a gift from God that even faith to get saved is a gift from God I like first Timothy 1 12 says, and I thank Jesus Christ, this is Paul talking, he says, I thank Jesus Christ our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent, insolent means arrogant and prideful man, he said, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundantly. Grace is a gift from God. and said, so not just the grace, but with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. So it just reminds us, as Paul is saying, that I was an ignorant man, and God gave me grace and favor and, and faith uh, because I did it ignorantly. But it comes from him. So just reminding ourselves that we have a gift from God, and one of those gifts is faith. Somebody shall faith. But if you're like me, oftentimes we're challenged with many things in life, and there are challenges that come before us, and it looks like that gift that God given us of faith is just not enough, if you know what I'm talking about. Anybody been there, been in a situation, you're like, God, I don't know if I have the faith. Luke chapter 17, I love it when Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says this. He says, be sure that it is impossible for offense not to come. In other words, that you will be offended along the way. And he says it's better for those who offend to actually have a millstone tied around their neck to be cast in the sea than to cause one of these little ones to sin. But watch this. He tells us that offense is going to come. Not if it comes, but when it comes, because it will happen. Then he tells them, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And then if he asks for forgiveness or he repents then forgive him. Then he goes on to say this. He says that if your brother sins against you seven times in one day, in other words, don't just get limited to seven. Just remember as many times as he sins against you. If he comes back to you and asks for forgiveness, then you ought to forgive him. Somebody out here ought to have a problem, because that seems like a lot, that if you cross me once, I ain't going to let you cross me twice. I wish I was talking to a real church. You know, these, these are the things that we deal with. But he says, if he f- offends you seven times, forgive him seven times. And naturally, the disciples said to him, Lord, increase our faith. Because what you're asking for, I don't see that happening. (laughs) What you're requiring, I just don't think that's going to happen with the faith that I got. My faith's a little too small, a little bit too weak to handle what you're asking me for. Some of us realize that when the Bible says, wives, submit to your husband. Some of y'all rolling your necks already. That joker acting like a fool and you want me to, oh no, Lord, you're going to have to increase my faith. (laughs) Lord, love your wife as Christ loved the church with her mouth. I don't think so. Lord, you're going to have to increase my faith. I can't see it. I don't know about you, but my faith can't see what you're asking for. But we got to also remember in these moments, uh, the challenges we face are not just challenges that we get ourselves into, but this is the challenge that God himself has actually presented to us. More faith, less fear, feeds on God's word. More faith, less fear, feeds on God's word. Romans ten seventeen says this. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Before that, he goes to say, he's talking about Israel. How can they believe, or how can they call unless they believe, and how they can believe without first hearing? So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So when we hear the word of God, when we feed on the word of God, we can hear about the character of the God whose faith that we are putting our faith into. Are you hearing? So when we hear the word of God, we can understand the character of God. So, for example, God is immutable. Somebody say immutable. Immutable means he don't change. (laughs) Malachi 3.6 says, for I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O son of Jacob. In other words, you're not dead. You're not consumed because I do not change. God does not change with the times. God does not change with the culture. God is not like man. He never changes. Good thing is he's not changing his plans either. God's plans are not changing. Even if you and I screw up, guess what? His plans still don't change. God's promises are not changing. Guess what? If he said, I'll be with you to the end of the world, he's going to be with us to the end of the world. Why? Because God does not change. If he needed to change, he would not be God. So God is immutable. That's his character. So when we read scripture and we hear it, we hear that God does not change. What I also love is that God is good. Somebody say God is good. Psalms 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So, blessed is the man who trusts in him. In other words, God is good. We talked about this before, but I want to say it again. He doesn't just do good. He is good. That is his character. That is his nature. He's good. Everything God does, he does good. So, when a door closes for you, guess what? That's good. When a door opens for you, guess what? That's good. When somebody comes into your life that God has ordained, guess what? That's good. If somebody walks out of your life, for God has ordained, guess what? That's also good. Whatever God does is good. That's why we can say all things are working together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. Because if God is orchestrating, and guess what? It's good. May not feel good right now, but at the end of the day, it's good because God cannot do wrong or God cannot do evil. He only knows good. When we hear the Word of God, we hear that God is good. James 1, 17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, and there's no shadow or turning with Him. He reminds us that God is good, and every gift He gives is perfect, and He don't change. Last thing, I'm just giving a couple of things, that God is faithful. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for thousands thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. How many realize that God is faithful? That's a part of his character. Second Timothy 2, 13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. That's good to know that God is faithful. So even when people cross us and we say, well, I'm not going to be good to you because you're not good to me, or I'm not going to be faithful to you because you're not faithful to me, God don't work that way. He is faithful, and it don't matter what we do. Even if we become faithless, he's always going to be faithful because he ain't changing for nobody. He's not going to be less than who he is for any person because he can't. When we are faithless, he remains faithful faithful. So you say, why am I saying all these things? I'm saying all these things because we have to feed on God's word and begin to hear the things that God says. And when we hear it, our faith begins to get built up. So I encourage us that we got to read the word, but not just read it silently, but read the word aloud. You may have to stand in front of a mirror and just say, and my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. You may have to stand in front of me with your Bible in your hand and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because when you hear it, your spirit begins to hear it. And the faith within you begins to get built up. It's not about me, but it's about the God who can do all things. With God, nothing is impossible. More faith, less fear, feeds upon the word of God. Secondly, more faith Less fear produces righteousness. More faith, less fear produces righteousness. We want to jump in. Before I do that, I'm going to say this. Romans 10, 16, when he talked about faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. He said, not everybody obeyed. Obedience is the evidence of our faith. Obedience is the evidence of our faith. James 2 and 26 says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So if a body has no spirit, it's dead. So if you say you have faith and there are no works that accompany it, your faith is also dead. (laughs) <laughs> so we understand that our faith must be exercised our faith has to get a workout our faith must be exercised in order to be developed in our text what we find is, is an interesting story it's Jesus he's getting ready to go to the cross and, he, and he's, this is about time when we got uh, Palm Sunday and Jesus, in verse 11, we didn't read it, but he says he went into the temple, he looked around, and then they left. They were going to Bethany for the night because it was getting late. Amen. Then they were going back to the temple, and the Bible says that Jesus was hungry. And he says he was hungry. You know how we get when we're hungry, we're looking for something to eat. So the Bible says they're walking, and he sees some fig, fig trees over there, and one of the fig trees had a leaf, leaves on it. And it wasn't the season of figs, but it seemed like an early bloomer. It had leaves on it. So he wasn't expecting to get full ripe figs, but he was looking for the the, the initial figs, at least a little something that I could get a snack. You know what I'm saying? If I can't get a full meal, I'm going to get a snack Because it looked good. It had the leaves on it. It was blooming. But when he went to it, the Bible says that there was nothing there. And so... Jesus says to the fig tree, no one will ever eat fruit of you again. And that fig tree represents Israel. It represented unfruitful religion. See, you look good. You look like you're doing something. (laughs) Look like you bloom. But there's no fruit there. And so He cursed, (laughs) stay with me, that fig tree. So what does this have to do with the exercising of our faith? Listen, the best exercise is to clear out unrighteousness that keeps us from experiencing God. (laughs) Watch. The best exercise is to clear out the unrighteousness that keeps us from experiencing God. God. So Jesus is on the way to the temple. He sees this fig tree that should have something on it, but it has nothing, and he curses it. But I told you, before he did that, he was in the church. He went into the synagogue. He looked around. But then he came back. The Bible says he goes back into the synagogue and he starts turning the tables up. Because the church was a hot mess. Let me just park here for a second. The, the church was an absolute hot mess. It was a bunch of foolishness going on in the church. Okay. The church had become a money game. So, you see, what happened was people came out of town with, with their offerings to labor for the Lord, but, but the offerings were not perfect. And so, what the people did was say, nah, you can't bring that offering in here because it's not acceptable to God. We gotta, you got to purchase another offering. So, they raised the price up 10, 15, 20 times of what it should cost, and they robbing the people of these offerings. And so, people would come in, and they, and they made it a, a profiting center for themselves. And even the local government was behind it because they were getting taxes off of all that they were profiting. So, it had become a whole hot mess. So, Jesus goes in. And he starts turning tables. He starts exercising. <laughs> he st- <laughs> You'll follow this in a minute. He starts turning tables over. And he starts rebuking the people and says, you know, my house should be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. In other words, Jesus understood something that we've got to understand, that false religion and and unfruitful religion and just religious practice has to get out of our way. (laughs) Because some folk are hungry and they need the true and living word of God. And people who just look good and have a bunch of leaves but have no fruit are a problem. And we got to get the problem out of the way. (laughs) And so there's got to be some fruit fruitful works of righteousness that are happening in the lives of the believer that got to get the unfruitful works up out of the way. That's why Hebrews 12 says, lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset you. And some of us, let's be honest, there's some weight and some sin that we've got to use our faith to start moving up out of the way. There's some things that we're trapped in that we've got to have faith to believe that, God, this is not what you have for me, and I've got to move this up out of the way. God, my tongue has been cutting folk left and right for the last 20 years. God, I know that's not what you've said in your word about how I ought to be here. Now, I got to have some faith in you because my tongue has been a weapon for me a long time. I could always sit Maurice down whenever I wanted to because I could give him a tongue lashing like he's never had before. But God, you're calling me to higher dimensions. You're calling me to higher fruitfulness in my life. Uh, And I'm going to have to have some faith in you to move this thing up out of my way. It's non-productive. It's, it's tearing me down. It's not allowing me to get to where I need to go. Talk to me and hear somebody. Some of us even struggle with keeping ourselves pure. But God is calling you to a next level of anointing and a next level of grace. But that thing of not being able to keep yourself is causing you to not be able to get to where you need to go. You may say, God, I can't see it. God, I got to give me a piece every once in a while. But God is saying, you need to have faith in me that I will keep you and from falling and presents you faultless before God's throne, if you allow me. But you've got to have some faith uh, to move this unproductive, the weights and sins that so easily besets us. Uh, Church, we got to get a workout with our faith uh, because our faith has got to produce some righteousness. Uh, Faith that doesn't produce righteousness is not true faith at all. It's a workout. So we got to use our faith to move some stuff out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> feeling empty is never a good place. I told you before, that's why Jesus says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. We don't like feeling empty. So whenever there's empty space, right, we want to fill it up with something. And sometimes we grab for the wrong stuff to fill our lives up. That's why Jesus told him, he said, when a demon is cast out, you better replace it with something godly. Otherwise, the demons will come right back, and they'll come back seven times stronger than when they left. But Jesus didn't just go turning up tables. He said, you have made my house a den of thieves, but I've called it to be a house of prayer. So when we can get some of these things out the way, we can replace it with stuff. Stuff like prayer. Prayers when heaven and earth come together. Prayers when we can talk and commune to God, face to face with God. Prayers when we can hear the heart of the Father. We got to clear out some of this nonsense out of here and start having a place of prayer where God is just speaking to us. Where we can hear His voice and, and we can walk with Him and we can talk with Him. We can replace that stuff with the Word of God. We can start feeding on the Word of God. Oh, blessed is the man who walks with God. We can start putting the Word of God in our lives. We can have intimate fellowship with one another. We don't got to be in broken sin and nonsense and everybody tore up at the bar, but we can actually have some true intimate fellowship with one another, encouraging each other to move forward in the things of God. We don't have to be empty, Tracy. We can fill ourselves up with the things of God, and faith will allow us to make room for what God has coming for us. Uh, God wants to restore us. God wants to replenish us. God wants to put some blessing on upon blessing, upon blessing, upon blessing into our space. But we've got to clear out with our faith some of the things that we know have to go you got to believe by faith that God is actually trying to bless you. God's not trying to hurt us. He's trying to bless us. So we got to speak blessing by faith over our life. God is blessing me. God is preparing me. God is anointing me. God is showing me favor. God's hand is towards me to prosper me, to bring me to an expected end. God is doing wonderful things in my life. Faith tells me that. Look at what the Lord is doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. How many believe that God is trying to bless them? God wants to bless us. We are a blessed people. But it takes faith and not fear. <laughs> like God doesn't have something to replace it with. Oh yes, he does. <laughs> more faith less fear people might not like it when you got a clean house but it's better to obey god than it is to obey man i ain't gonna miss my blessing because somebody's lips get turned up I ain't going to miss my blessing because somebody gets in their feelings because I got to change some things that are happening in my life. I'm sorry you might have been riding my coattail, but uh, you ain't spending up all my money anymore. God's redirected my finances into something that's more potent and powerful to give his. Oh, come on in here. I got to move on. Jesus exercised his faith, and he showed us we've got to exercise. The Bible says he uh, threw the folk out, turned the tables, and then they walked back out, and they were leaving the church, going back to Bethany. The Bible says the disciples were walking, and then they saw the fig tree that Jesus had spoken to, Watch this now. When he spoke it the first time, they heard it. But there was no reaction to it. He said, "You'll never bear fruit again." They heard it. But when they coming back around the next time, they saw that what he said actually came to pass. Seen glory produces faith. John Piper says that, and I love it because it's true. It's challenging for us, but it is true. Seen glory produces faith. Think about it in the natural. If your car is jacked up, right, and somebody says, hey, you need to take your car to Joe. I just use Joe because I love Joe and Joe fixes your car, you're like, wow, Joe fixed my car. Then your friend's car is jacked up, and you say, well, go, go try Joe. And Joe fixes their car. By the time the third person comes, they talk about how jacked up their car is. You don't care how jacked up it is. You don't need to see it. All you got to do is say, go to Joe, right? Because you've seen, <laughs> you've seen what Joe has done. You still don't believe me. (laughs) Ask Job chapter 42. We know Job went through hell and high water. Job had, had stuff taken away. His wife died, children died, lost all his riches. But the Bible says that God's hand was always on him and that, that God restored all that he had. And so in first chapter 42, Job said, I, I know God, you can do all things, but I was going through and I said some things about you that, that I shouldn't have said. But I love when he gets to verse 5. He says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the Ear, but now my eyes see you. <laughs> you still don't believe me, do you? I know. John chapter 20. This is when, after Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus would get up and, and, and he made an appearance and showed himself to his disciples. But the Bible says that Thomas was not there. And so Jesus' disciples, the ten of them said, yo man, we've seen the Lord. Yeah. And Thomas said what? He said, <laughs> unless I see him. Unless I put my fingers in his hands and put my fingers in his side, he says what? I will not believe. But then the Bible says Jesus showed up another time and he manifested himself and revealed himself to, to Thomas. Then he said, my Lord and My God, we got to understand that when you see the manifestation of God's glory, then faith starts to get built up. Because I've heard, a lot of people have heard about God. Talk to me, somebody. We've heard about miracles, we've heard about what God can do. But when you see it for yourself, sometimes we hear it and we don't even pay attention. It's like Jesus said, You will bear fruit again. They heard it, but they really weren't paying much attention. But when they saw the manifestation of the power of His Word, then they were like, Whoa. So we got to have a subtext in here. Jesus says to them, have faith in God. Here's a point here. Jesus could have said, you have faith in me. We know that he is God, but he said, have faith in God. Right? Because he was not trying to steal God's glory. And it's time out for the church that when God does stuff for us, we cannot steal God's glory. More faith, less fear gives God all of the glory. Do not steal God's glory. I love and appreciate when, when you come to me and say, my, Pastor Tony, you're preaching a word for me. That word was right for me. That word was exactly what I needed. And don't get upset when I say to you, to God be the glory. I understand what you mean, but I have no idea what you're going through. I have no idea what your problem is, and I have no idea what words you need. But you ought to know that God knows exactly what you're going through, exactly what words you need to hear, exactly how to charge your spirit and build your your faith and if I could just be obedient to him and say what he tells me to say that God will meet you at the point of your need so your faith is not in me your faith ought to be in God because God gets the glory when he manifests himself that way so when you come through these doors you can say that God is going to meet me right here at the point of my need why because he did it before and he will do it again to God beyond the glory See, We can't take the glory. <laughs> yeah, girl, your marriage is back together. Yeah, I put him in his place. No, God did a work on his heart. God was touching him and, and changing him and transforming him to God be all the glory. It wasn't me. I ain't put him on him so hard that he had to change. It was God who, who gets the glory. We got to give God the glory because he's the one in which it's due. that's why we got to have testimony service sometimes people need to not only hear but they need to see about what God has done you were broke up but God has healed you the doctor said you were going to die but you still here the doctor said no way but you still trucking on They said your child had ADD and wouldn't learn. He's graduating from high school right now on his way to college because God did something that only he can do. You got to testify of the goodness of Jesus. They overcame by the blood and the word of their testimony. Yes, church, sometimes we got to look back about what God has done. If you don't think God is doing something in your life right now, don't poke your lips out, but just look back about what he's already done. You've seen God do some things. You've seen God bring you over mountains. You've seen God bring you out of financial trouble. You've seen God restore some things in your life. Just look back sometimes about what God has done, and your faith will get built up once again because I've seen him do it. We can't get spiritual amnesia when we forget about how good God is and what He's able to do. God can do the hard thing in our lives because He's done it before. (laughs) It builds our faith when we see it for ourselves. I got to close. We got to get to this baptism pool. (laughs) But I'm going to say this one last thing. (laughs) More faith, less fear focuses on God's will being done. What do you mean, Pastor Tony? This is what I mean. Oftentimes we take this passage of scripture to think it's saying that whatever I, I want, I can have. And I just want to theologically correct us because that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, what is this mountain? (laughs) He wasn't even talking about mountains. He really wasn't even talking about figs. He was talking about unfruitful lack of faith and false religion that's keeping people from God. Anything that's keeping you from the will of God, if you have the faith to believe it, you can move that thing out of your way. So when he's talking about this mountain, he's talking about what I just showed you. This false, unproductive situation here is gonna be moved up out of the way. Yes, in Luke 17, he was saying the exact same thing. He said, when I ask you to forgive, you can forgive. And you say, Lord, increase our faith. He says, well, listen, if you say to the mulberry tree, and the mulberry tree has some deep roots. What he was just giving him an illustration, I don't care how hard it looks to do. If if it's my will for it to be done, if you believe that it's going to be done, it will be (laughs) done. Why? Because it's my will that's being done. And I will execute my will. So when we ask anything according to his will, you know that we can speak it and say that it will be so because it's his will. God's going to do what I know he wants done. Come on church, let's be let's be real. God is not obligated to do what we want. He's not Sometimes we get disappointed because we blab some stuff because we want God to do it, but that's not necessarily His will. He will do what He expresses that He wants done. Forgiveness is something that He wants done. So you can do it if you have the faith to believe it. And anything that tries to get in your way, you can remove it because it's His will that is done. So when we pray according to God's will, there's nothing that we cannot... There's absolutely nothing that we cannot have because it's His will to be done in our lives. More faith, less fear. I know we want to shout and just say what we want. <laughs> My house is coming. <laughs> But we don't need to do that. I'm tired of folks running around talking about their house is coming and it still ain't here. And it's not because they lack faith. Is that, is that really God's will for your life? I'm not saying that you can't have a house. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that you can't have a new car. And I'm saying you can't pray for a new car, new transportation. God wants to meet your needs, but God's going to meet your needs according to his will. His will might be for you to get an apartment first before you get a house so that you can learn how to manage your money so you don't screw up the house when you get the house. You just run around talking about what you want and think God God gonna do it and it ain't happening for you, then everybody looking around, they start disbelieving God because folks are saying God doing something, and he ain't doing it. No, 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 no. We got to pray according to his will. God, what your will is for me in this situation. I know you're going to provide my need, but I'm going to listen to what you're saying. And I don't care what doubt tries to come into my mind, I'm going to remove it right now in Jesus' name. And I'm going to trust that you will meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory. I'm going to trust that you're going to guard my heart as I go through this hard time because it's is your will that this relation will be, be reconciled. God, I'm going to trust that you're going to move everything out of my way that's hindering me from being the person that you want me to be. God, you've called me to ministry, but there's some things that are in my way. God, I got faith in you that I'm moving this out of the way. I'm moving pride out of the way according to your will. If I got to serve here first before I get here, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be faithful over a few things so that you can make me ruler over many things because this is your will. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. More faith, uh, less fear. I'm going to get there. It might not be the way I thought I was going to get there, but you best believe I'm going to get there. Somebody's got to be on their way to where God is taking them, but you got to believe I'm going to get there. It's by faith I'm going to get there. There's not a mountain of false religion. There's not a mountain of disbelief that's going to stop me from getting to wants me to be more faith less fear i ain't dying here i'm moving to my place of destiny because i've got the faith if he wants it if he decrees it he will perform it come on and stand on your feet give God praise tell your neighbor more faith less fear more faith less fear more faith less fear More faith! Less fear! More faith! Less fear! Give God praise!
1: Hallelujah!
0: hallelujah according to his will faith faith is rising faith is building exercise your faith exercise your faith in him everybody praying i'm going to pray corporately over us but i want to give the invitation first is there somebody here today that does not know the lord jesus in this atmosphere you hear the spirit saying to you come to me if there's somebody here that does not know jesus You've never confessed him in the pardon of your sin. That means you've just never said, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I'm away from you. I've been in disobedience, but I realize today that you are the Christ. You died for me. You exchanged my sin for your righteousness if I put my faith in you. Is there someone here who wants to give their life to the Lord Jesus? Have faith in God today. Is there somebody that wants to give their life to the Lord Jesus? Everybody praying all over the building. Is there somebody that wants to give their life to Jesus? Somebody want to give their life to Jesus today. We're not here to embarrass anyone. This isn't the big eyes, the little yous. We all come by grace. We all need the saving power of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us in here. Is there somebody that wants to give their life to the Lord Jesus? Is there somebody that's looking for a church home? You're already saved. You know the Lord. You know him in the pardon of your sin. And you hear the Spirit saying that this is the place for you to work out your soul salvation. Is there somebody that wants to come and join the church? So there are two calls. Somebody that wants to get saved. Somebody that wants to join this local fellowship. Are there any that want to come? Are there any that need to come today? A few more minutes. Everybody praying. Don't leave here not certain of where you would spend eternity. Don't leave here uncovered somebody that needs to get saved somebody that needs a church home amen well, if we're all satisfied with our state let's quickly pray father we thank you for your word we thank you that your word is sealed in our hearts we're exercising our faith in you it's not about our will but your will being done and so we thank you that you have the character, the strength, the ability and the truth to bring us from faith to faith and glory to glory. So I pray for everyone that we would walk in faith and not in fear that we would not doubt but we would trust you with our lives, our destiny our hearts, our minds, our souls That our plans would be your plans. And I thank you for the testimony to where you manifest yourself. We can see your glory and give you all praise. God, we look forward to the testimonies, God, by faith of your working power. Things that seem too hard for man, God, you did. We'll give you praise and glory because you're an awesome God. And we just bless you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Service is almost over. We got four or five to baptize. We ask that you would be seated for a few more minutes while we baptize these.
1: morning, church. Once again, we're ready for baptism today. I thank and praise God for what's getting ready to take place. Can we stand to our feet to hear the word of God? We'll be coming out of Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son And of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, most precious and glorified God, we thank you today that we can perform your greatest commandment, the commandment of baptism. And so we thank and praise you for these candidates who will go down today. From the smallest, O oh God, to the young adults, we give thank and praise for you today. And we thank you that they'll be identified with you, O oh God, from this day forward. They can call on the name of Jesus and know that you're there. So we give you praise today, God, for what's being done. We thank you, Father, that these children and these young adults will look forward to seeing you one day. And so, Father, we do praise you and we do glorify you. Trouble the waters today, O God, so that they can see your glorified face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.